Hi, and welcome to The Best Thing You Watch This Week with Chris from Movies and Munchies and myself from the Ruby Tuesday. This week, we're obviously going to be talking about Midnight Mass. We're very excited to talk about that. That's uh, going to be one of our big topics for this week. But before we carry on, we just wanted to give you a bit of a heads up that for October, as it's going to be very Halloween-y, we thought we would theme it Halloween-y. And each week, we're going to give a top five of a specialized genre. So listen out for that, hear out for that. However you're watching, listening to this, uh, if in the podcast, you will get your continued special at the end. If you're on the YouTube, welcome. Thank you for watching. I hope you find the YouTube month of October very exciting. Uh, We're excited to talk about some of our favorite, scary, some of the worst best worst horror films we have uh, a very interesting list but for this week coming back to this week uh why don't we kick off with midnight mass chris was it the worst thing you ever watched oh my goodness midnight mass (laughs) is just a train wreck of a show (laughs) i know it's awful right oh Oh my goodness yes what what is wrong with people no no this um Okay, so we'll just we'll kick this right off that this is going to be a spoiler discussion. So just yes. if you haven't seen Midnight Mass, Spoilers. you're going to want to just yeah, just skip through um <laughs> in the video or the audio for a bit. Um yeah, so well, let's just dive in. I mean, this is a vampire themed religious also themed horror. And what Ruben, what, at what point did you realize or did you um, suspect that it was going to be a vampire-ish movie? So this trope? seems to be on varying levels. I watched it with my wife. She called it in the first episode. I, I told my sister the, the title and she said, that's vampire, right? Midnight Mass. And I immediately tried to steer the conversation away going, she's got to watch it. It's so interesting, but she's not going to watch it if she's guessed what's happening straight away. I, on the other hand, went, it, he's never done vampire. Surely it's not that. So we get to about episode three and I'm like, oh, it is. It really, really is. Where did, where did you come in thinking vampire? I think it was, I think it was probably towards the end-ish of episode one, but I wasn't certain. I mean, that was the thing. Like, I wasn't like, yes, this is exactly what it is. I was just, it was more of, well, I'm getting a vibe, like maybe just a little, a little sense that it is a that the vampires are going to be part of this but even once we get to the end of episode three where it's actually confirmed where we we begin to see some of this i still have no idea where the show is going Mm. and that's what i really enjoyed about this that it was still able to suck me in with a lot of its you know the character and the the religious aspect that they're bringing in there and how characters are using religion and that I think becomes really the the terrifying and the horrifying part of that, mm. that it's not it's not so much the vampire part of that. It's what people are using around there to build to build fear or to build. I don't even know what else to to influence those around them. I yeah, guess. I would I would say cult like mm. status that they go from perhaps a very reclu- reclusive community to now you've drunk the Kool-Aid and to be in our club, 
Literally. You've got to drink the blood. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, that's, it, it goes down a very dark path. You see it coming and you still will them not to go down the path. Because along the way, you actually do like some of the characters. There's some that you love to hate. Um, obviously, like the, the woman who... Bev. Bev, yeah. I mean, she just is evil. At that one point when that uh, other woman speaks to her and says, just so you know, you're not actually a good person. And she was like, oh, how could you say that to me? And you're like, yeah, but you really aren't. I mean, you're bad. It's through and through. Terrible, terrible person. Ah, like like the, the one person you wanted the vampire to take out and just didn't. And then my horror of, no, don't make her a vampire. Oh, my gosh. She would be so much worse. But I do like that she kind of gets her comeuppance. You know, that, that there is a sense of justice for her um, that we as the audience get to experience. I mean, because yeah, she, was, she was the character that I loved to hate through this. I mean, I wanted very bad things to happen to her <laughs> multiple times <laughs> through the series. And that's even before I suspected her of, of killing the dog. Which was terrible. And I, I uh, honestly, like, from a piece of viewing, I didn't need to see that. I didn't need to watch the animal suffer like that. And it just, oh, it was, that was a tough part. People die. Animals, man. Don't do that. Well, yeah, because they're, 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 they're pure of heart. They're innocent. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. 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 Um, the, one character that I didn't expect to die was the son who I thought was the protagonist. Riley. Right? Riley. Yes. And so we follow his story and we see how he's haunted by this car crash. And I really thought that was going to come into play. I thought he was actually haunted, which is what something that was keeping me at bay thinking this is not just a vampire thing that he's waking up. The camera is tilting. So creative, like, it just goes like, and and you're like, oh no, it's there, it's there. I know it's coming, and and then it's there, and you're like, that's still creepy, man. I don't like it, and you realize that every day of his life, he wakes up since the crash, seeing that ghost, from jail to home, he is being tortured. There's nobody else could punish him more than his mind is currently punishing him. So I thought maybe he was actually haunted. Um, I guess we'll never know because he was able to keep at bay the the demon side of the the vampire turning the vampire obviously wanted to turn him he mm -hmm. so because at one point you think oh he is he just gonna munch on the woman he loves and in the meantime he had a whole plan and he knew that he couldn't hold it at bay for long enough to help people so in turn he planned this letter to mom letter to dad letter to brother letter to the woman I love, and then takes on this romantic, the symbolism as well from his dream, from what he's having on the boat, seeing the ghost and then taking her back out. It's like, oh, okay, it's all kind of meant to happen. And it's like, you're never going to believe me because you're logic based. And then boom, just that. And you're like, oh my gosh, they're actually doing it. They're just killing him off. Uh, Mike Flanagan, how dare you? I liked him. <laughs> he, well, that, that was shocking. It really was, but it was, there was just th that brilliant, um, uh, is it symbolism? I don't know. Well, let me just, I'll just kind of vomit words and then maybe be able to, <laughs> to, to piece them all together with, with the meaning, but where he, 
you know, him bringing her out there because all of the while we know that he has been turned, that he is a vampire. And so our our whole expectation is they're going to be together in this way for them to be together as he is going to turn her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then for him to explain that he didn't bring her out there for that. And you're like, wait, what? Oh my gosh. You know, and then you realize that the light is creeping. (laughs) Yes. Well, and the, and the ability for him, because I do believe that he was haunted, maybe not necessarily ghost wise, Mm. but it's the haunting of his own mind, that Mm. grief and that guilt that he feels the entire time, you know, it eats him away. And so the moment when he accepts what's going to happen, you see the victim of his, um, his drunk driving, the girl who dies at the beginning, she's made a hole. And right there in that second that she, it's kind of like his own forgiveness type of thing that he is, um, penance almost. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, maybe it's come to terms with it. Maybe it's absolution. I mean, where I'm not exactly sure how I fully land on that, Mm. but the fact that he is reconciled in that moment and then and then fully accepts his his fate you know for for the benefit really of of his love of his life yeah it was so sad because they had a chance it was a it was a second chance at life their love was blossoming i could see their future i could see him being a dad um to this child that wouldn't be as you just know he would love them and you're like, ah, oh, this, this is this is the future for him. He's got a second chance, and they're both kind of broken. There's this one monologue scene where they're sitting on the couch, and they're talking about death, really, and heaven. What does that look like? But it was beautifully crafted, like some of the best monologue scenes. My wife was watching it, and she's she's saying to me, "This is a scene that will be used in in theater classes and acting classes to to recreate that, just to kind of showcase what you can do." just sitting on a couch the emotion because you could visualize what they were talking about the stars and the the way you would die the beauty of what you hope the afterlife could be and so it was like like at that moment you're like yeah this is this is this is going the distance man but the genius as stephen king would say the genius of killing your darlings is that you are so much more invested with the people that are left behind and so then you're on the the woman's side. You're like, she, you're there with her the whole time. I mean, I was already there with her because one of the things is you're wondering what happened to her baby. Mm-hmm. And that was horrific. Like once it starts, you're realizing, well, the, the her DNA basically that has been changed has eaten it as a because it's an infestation isn't it it's it's changing mm-hmm. you it's 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 attacking you and changing you at the base level uh, which is why you can't even put your hand into the sun so on one hand we have this mysterious supernatural entity thing going on but also science is kind of linking itself together and then we have mike flanagan saying something about religion which i wonder if you wanted to tackle a little bit <laughs> well mm. Mm. so yeah <laughs> it it was unsettling for me a little bit um just coming from a christian background that this the series didn't shake my faith it didn't do anything like that it mm. um what i 
what really happened is it kind of the words and the way that the script takes the character's use of biblical scripture and then twists it some is is a little too on the nose yeah. for how society does that and how mm. you know people twist things for their own bent um so that th that tweaked my soul a little mm. bit not not as in a faith shaking thing but as more of a ooh that's actually very very scary yeah. how how people will use the religion and the religious themes for control for manipulation for whatever and then to see what that does to people as it goes and in this you know we see the mob mentality play out the um the fervor that that grows from this um I think it was really well crafted though. I mean, it's, um, I can see how it will tweak a lot of people out and, you know, and turn them off from this, which mm. fair enough. I'm not gonna, you know, I mean, if you deal with your own, you know, spirit and stuff like that, how, how you view things. But for me, it was, uh, I was able to look at it almost from a critical eye of like, well, this is also how I view a lot of, uh, you know, self-professing, uh, Christians or believers or religious people, you know, that you, you say this, but you use it like this. And that's where Bev becomes the embodiment of that, you know, but I did love, I loved how. Oh, I can't remember the priest's name, but Hamish Linkletter, the, who is the priest, the actors, the priest, how the priest believes in what's going on. He has bought into this, um, redemption, this, uh, this new life, whatever that is from, he calls the angel, which we know is just the creepy vampire, you know? <laughs> and so for him to, um, I don't think it works if he doesn't believe it from a pure sense. Yeah. You know, he, he has come from a, well, this was healing. This was, you know, this gives he was, me a... He was doing that tour of like the Holy Land. Yeah. And so yeah. the fact that it was there, that it happened there, was must have been... Well, I imagine that the character, if it was real, of course it's real. Um, that's what he would have thought. This is a, this is a God moment exactly yeah i have been directed here you know my body is failing i'm aching i'm i'm dying or dementia all of these things that go and then i am made new again and it's like oh okay Which is, that, all mean, the references were so accurate i mean even the preach that he preaches a couple of times like i've heard that preach but taking it and putting it in that light i'm just like my goodness the angel the blood the clothes the symbolism it's so easy to take that all those things and then just twist it to the thing that works for you and then you're like oh well that's how easy it is then and i know this comes from a really personal place from mike flanagan who i believe is you know from the catholic background and so mm -hmm. he's taking personal experiences and the love for it he's it's not i think he's himself has said it's not an attack on the catholic church at all it's just part of the the story and then he's interwoven some um, fiction in there. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we get the vampire bits as well. And uh, yeah, I, I was just like, 
it, it's this must be how it happens actually if you look at some of the the cult things that we've we've had and had stories about and now we're going to sacrifice ourselves to god god wills it all the things that have, has been done in the name of war in the name of god and in my first port of call would be like really okay yeah. God is love, but let's wipe out this whole nation. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, I might be digressing, but anyway, I, I, as a as a tangent, um, yeah, I thought that was very very clever. When talking about religion, we also had, and one of my favorite storylines in it, the sheriff Sheriff Hassan, um, mm-hmm. and so we have his personal account, and I just thought it was so clever putting another another religion as a, a counter to butt heads. But a personal story as a father who is trying to allow his son the freedom and space to explore what he wants to explore in his life. That is the correct thing to do as a father. But at the same time to protect them. Um, And us as the audience screaming at the father going, no, father more, father more, because we know what the hell is going on. And so it creates this really interesting juxtaposition between father, like the father character and the, the church and then us and him, and there's this three-way triangle, and we're like that. And it was just, that's clever writing. Yeah. Now, I have a question. With with Ali the son, mm. was it ever shown that Ali took a communion at the church? I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and check. Okay. Because wh- when I watched, when we get to the climax in the second to the last episode where everybody is dying in the church and it becomes the bloodbath. And it just, I mean, that, that culmination of all kinds of events there. Yeah. When Ali drinks the poison, you know, and that is a gut check moment. I mean, you, you, the father, from a father standpoint, you're like, (gasps) Oh my gosh, no. You know what I mean? That, that helplessness, that absolute sheer terror that the sheriff feels at looking at his son willingly taking this poison, fully believing, you know, that, that it's going to be okay. And in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, the kid never took communion. I mean, he was, he had visited the church, but he never took communion. He's going to die. It's not, you know, he's not going to come back. And so I was shocked that he, that he did come back, that he, you know, he came back to life. If you remember uh, in the decanter, the, priest would mix the blood of the vampire so i thought in the poison was the blood it, it is it will with communion though see that's why all of the church members were okay if you had yeah. taken communion and that's why like even the girl who was able to get up out of her wheelchair because her body had been uh yeah. healed from this but i didn't know like and so that's where it i didn't remember being shown that ali okay. took communion i and thought I mean, in the poison was some of the blood Oh, oh, I misunderstood you. Okay. Mm. But I don't oh, I because they never show us I... what's in that. So if maybe okay. to pre- to make sure that they come back, you poison them, but they drink in the blood. So they but to drink the blood at the same the time. Drink. Well, that's interesting. Okay. Okay. That, but that if they don't be... show us, they, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, cause we don't see, did, yeah, I don't know that it, it was not, this wasn't, this wasn't a major point for me. This wasn't something like I was like, oh, well, this falls apart and everything else. It was just <laughs> more of like, I I really expected that to be a, almost like a conflict moment, not All only right. with, with the dad and the son, but those around 
seeing. You know what I mean? Right. That yeah. that Ali drinks this, he dies, and he stays dead. And that would have yeah. been. Oh, oh, yeah. It's still been though, the way it plays you know, out. What Bev would have said though, yeah, he's not worthy. Well, of course, that's <laughs> it's, you know, twisting it for how she wants to. And she but was yeah, but hiding. He, oh, yes, she was hiding. A terrible person. Terrible, oh. terrible person. I mean, she she is the one that you want to. Seriously, you wanted to die, but you didn't want to come back. Okay, so I do have a point that might make it all fall apart. So maybe you can explain this to me. All right, so we've established vampires and sun in the, the law. We've established bat vampire, Batman. And we've established um, drinking the blood turns you. And so we know they've got to keep in the dark to survive, right? So they burn all the boats. They burn all the houses. And we're saying they couldn't survive that. Like, literally, I've seen so many vampire movies where they dig in the ground and they cover themselves and they go to sleep and they wake up the next morning uh, true blood used to do that vampires bursting out of it's a but there, there were definitely like you could have turned over bits of wood um husk thing and just like covered yourself in so my wife has an explanation of saying that the people at the, some point had realized what they had done um waking up to the realization even though they turned that they killed their neighbors and friends and children and it was a way for them to stop what was happening. I guess you could explain it like that, but what do you think? Yeah, I can see I can see that. And I can see that certainly in some of the characters, especially um oh I don't remember his name, but he was kind of the um he was Bev's second in command. Um oh, he yeah. was the one who you know, him yeah. and when he talks with the altar boy yeah. at the end, you know, and is like, Yeah, I've done some bad things tonight too they have this moment of regret yeah you know and i think you begin to see some of that go through um i i think also when henry thomas and his wife start singing and they're singing that mm -hmm. hymn and the whole town slowly joins in i think at that moment those there is that it might be a little convenient Sure. But it is a it's a an opportunity for them to all have this reckoning um, together that they see what they have become and how it maybe it doesn't line up with what they have said they believed mm. all the you know, all the way through. And so this is their opportunity to just accept it to go. But we watch Bev furiously digging in the dirt or in the sand there to try and, you know, and cover up, which I think also is very fitting because she was the one who was like, yes, burn the houses, burn them all, you know, well, just desserts right there. But yeah, I think I do believe that it, um, that it is a, it's a moment of closure maybe for them, for the characters to, to just accept their fate of the sun is coming up. We have done terrible things to our friends, to our loved ones, to our neighbors. Um, and I'm not sure we can live with ourselves knowing this. And so therefore we're going to accept the fate, accept the judgment, uh, however you want to look at that from that point and just 
will cease to exist. I mean, because I think there's a lot of mourning that goes in because a lot of them, you know, they've lost, they've lost so much. Even before that, you know, you have the Henry Thomas and his wife, they've lost for what they know. I mean, they've lost one son and now they can't find their younger one. So they've lost both of them. Um, you know, just the, the, the mayor and his wife, their daughter is missing. They've lost her, you know, um, yeah. Mm. Um, okay. So right at the end, we have the two survivors. They're in the boat, and uh, there's that line. She says, "She goes, I can't feel my, I can't feel my legs." And so you think of that as the moment where the Dracula character has died, or that the power has come out of her. Because if you go back a few episodes, they talk about if you leave the blood long enough if you don't have enough of it it will go back to how it was so in my thinking that's what that means because we never actually see the bat creature die we see him dip into the the mist but there's no guarantee that he's dead so i know this is a limited series but if because of how popular it is and how popular it becomes and he has another story to tell like this amish town because this character, we don't actually know what it is. I mean, Correct. we we think it's a vampire. It does the things about a vampire that we think it is. It has bat-like wings. It infects you. Um, it's interesting the way it doesn't talk, but it speaks to your mind. Mm-hmm. So uh, it has some sort of telekinesis. Um, but it messes with religion. So it, it messes with you where you're at. The thing that it can twist your mind in. So it obviously got all the memories from this guy. In in that instant when he drank the priest's blood, he must have gained all the knowledge from the priest in that moment to understand how to manipulate him to cut off everybody on the island, to make Mm. it sure that they infect themselves so he could make more. And I feel like his plan was to go off then from the island and infected more people. Like, so was he going to be the leader? Or what what's going on there? Am I reading too much into it? I can see I can see the the once the town is overtaken, once the island is overtaken, then them going out onto the mainland to spread this infection. I can I can definitely see that. Um and I believe that they're because they just hadn't taken blood um for a while where she can no longer feel her legs, that it's just kind of the body is working itself out of that. Mm. Uh, Because in this, even though I know that it's kind of vampiric lore in some movies or stories that, you know, if you kill the main vampire, it takes care of everybody else. But that's not, that's never established in this. No. You know, so... Nothing's really established, yeah. Exactly. So I think we, we have to go more along the lines of, you know what, this is, it was science-based Yeah. that, yeah, the, the, the body has rid itself of these, of these impurities over time. Um, but that leads me to the, the question, is it because, um, because the priest was drinking the blood regularly, but see, he had been turned also. How is he able to go out into the light? Yeah, it did seem like his transformation was slower 
so so he went from being really old to really young but so he was fed on but he didn't drink the blood no he did that's how so he, he came back so in the cave the vamp the oh yes yeah whatever, it cut its it. yeah it slit its wrist, wrist. And then yeah he drank from drinking. that so technically the transformation goes at different times because it was days later until he couldn't suddenly he he wasn't it was back home how long did it take him to get home a couple of days maybe maybe well, even, a day even but even he, if it was even if it was a couple of days he was there you know what i mean he's on the town for for one to two days in the sun that we see him mm-hmm. whereas the people at night when they get um yeah that when is, they get that turned, is a bit of a flaw I'm not yeah, I just, it was more of, it's more of a question. I mean, it doesn't make me like the series any less. It's just, mm. it's really, I was like, well, how did, I, how did he survive I must have, so long? Yeah. Did I miss yeah. something? Is there, you know, or is it just maybe, well, that was just, we're going to go gloss over that a little bit just for the, for I mean, the it story. is a series I wouldn't mind watching again. Uh, yeah. Just because it's so beautifully done. Absolutely. Pick, pick up some of the new ones and the subtleties. Cause it's, uh, again, in his tweets, um, Mike Lennigan, he's, done like a bible it's so long he's got like paragraphs of like what like it means to him and oh, he wow. uh, yeah so he was really talking about it and one of the things he speaks about there is just how much detail they painstakingly went into for like every scene to make sure that it, that was his vision it was a love project so yeah i i'd be interested to know like on the fly in the wall of what was what were the conversations about moments like that it must have been a big part of the, the thinking of okay how does this work absolutely yeah yeah and maybe just didn't make it in the in the cut i yeah. don't know it, but again it's not, it's not something that that ruins the experience for me it's more one of those things that just kind of sits in the back of your head and you go well i wonder about this mm-hmm. you know because i'm still i mean the the slow burn of the drama the the horrifying acts that then take place and still not being absolutely sure till we get really toward the end of what's going on, you know, and what, what this purpose is. And I, I do think, um, I had seen some comments from some people that they're like, yeah, I tapped out after an episode and a half because it was just really slow. And I'm like, well, you can't do that. See, this is, this is one that you have to, you have to let it breathe. It's not, it's not rushing. It's storytelling. Mm. Um, but it's effective in its storytelling. And I liked that, you know, we spend so much time just learning the town and seeing all of these, these familiar interact, familial interactions and these, these character moments that then we have to have those set up because otherwise there's not the gut punch at the end when mm-hmm. all of these sequences happen. You know, if they're just people and they just become vampires or they just turn, it's like, Eh, okay there's no emotional you know any emotional weight to that to any of the sacrifices or the fear or anything else that happens yeah no absolutely it's i think it's it's one that you have to allow to build um i know not not everybody's into that slow burns i think you could also be upset if you come into this thinking that it's horror and you're just going to be scared and thrilled the whole way through I think it has horrifying moments mm-hmm. and I think there's a tone of 
scariness there, there the whole time. It keeps you on edge. Um, but like Mike Flanagan is, he's quite diverse in his portfolio when it comes to this sort of work, going from the haunting of Hill House to Bly Manor, two very different stories, very different feels to them. Very. One, one very scary, one tragic. Like it just mm-hmm. feels like a tragedy. Uh, yeah, I'm very interested to see what else he, he does in the future because he goes from strength to strength, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's fun to watch him just craft these new... Um, I mean, he's making himself almost this horror universe mm. that that aren't necessarily tied together. Yeah. You know, and they... but. So yeah, I'm I am like you, very intrigued on what what his next project will be, where he's going, um, you know, and and all the while still trying to tamper my expectations so that they don't <laughs> exceed, you know, and become unrealistic for yeah. what somebody might be able to produce. <laughs> so I think we should move on because we've we've loved on this midnight mass for <laughs> half an hour. Yes. <laughs> All right. What do you what do you have um, as the best thing you watch? What's one of your, the things on your list? Okay, so I have three things. There's Wolf okay. Boy and the Everything Factory Foundation, and um, superhero story. Uh, Doom Patrol. Gosh, my brain. Doom oh. Patrol season three. Okay. Um, pick one. Uh, well, let's do Wolf Boy. I don't know anything about okay. that. But tell me this about this. Is a, is an Apple original animated series. It's got 10 episodes and it's definitely aimed at a young demographic. Um, okay. It follows Wolfboy as he discovers a strange realm at the center of the earth where fantastical beings create things for the world above. So at, at the outset, you're, you could go into this thinking, this is very young. Um, some of the voice work feels like you would be watching an episode of Dora the Explorer. Mm. Um, but as the stories unfold, you start realizing the story is much darker than you initially thought. It feels like you could watch it with your kids and you could be watching a one-story arc and they might be seeing something totally different. Um, there are references to things going on that I don't think all young people will understand and adults, again, will understand. So very similar to Pixar. The story itself is very intriguing because the more you watch, you realize it has a message of the day like the moral of the story. Um, you will learn something. Your character will learn something. It will teach kids about um, bullying. It teaches, uh, you know, tackling things like death and sorrow, just by life things, but in a really very visual, bright colors. Like imagine very bright color series. Like, very similar to that Netflix series we watched re- recently with the the unicorns. Um, oh, Centaur World? Sent our world, yeah. Mm, okay. um, so it's it, it's got imagination like that. Every episode kind of takes you to a new location at the center of the earth. The premises there's these sprites that control everything from your your mind, like creating mind stuff, to creating clouds, like everything you can imagine. It's the imagination factory, and they're there. But there is a prophecy that this boy has more to him than meets the eye and uh, that the wizard of the day who is voiced by uh, which had me intrigued Joseph Gordon Levitt uh, and really? I didn't rec- yeah I didn't recognize it was him at all until I was doing some research on this and then I realized it was 
from the imagination of his company, Hit Record. I don't know if you know about that. Oh, Hit Record, yeah. Hit yeah. Record, yeah. Yeah, and so it, it's spawned out of that. And so you have really creative people behind the process, people that are like the animation people that did Kung Fu uh, Panda. And so there's this really this great talented team behind. And the more you watch, the more intrigued you get into the story. And then when you hit those last couple of episodes, you're like, why are you leaving it like that? How dare you it's one of those that you just really want to know what's going on next i think it's absolutely perfect for family viewing young families are going to love this i think people that love to watch animated shows uh, and and Anna, unashamedly you know going yeah i'm 40 something i get these on my reviews but i love animation they have there's something that you can do with animation that you can't do with live action there's there's mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of maybe sometimes nuances that you can visually show through the bursting of whatever's coming out of your mind to emotional moments that you can literally show in color or in weird creations. And that has it here in spades. So it was just one of those, those animations that you start off watching because I'm reviewing it. And then you're like, wait a minute, this is actually pretty good. And then you're like, oh, that's way darker than I expected, but in a very subtle way. Um, I, was, I, was, I was pleasantly surprised with this. Nice. Now, is it uh, is it a weekly release, or did they release? I believe all the they episodes? released all ten, so you don't have to wait. Okay. Uh, weekly, they just jumped on. I, th- I think. I think that's right. And are they like the thirty-ish minute episodes, or are they They're twenty-five minutes? Okay. Um, a piece. Okay. And as far as I know, there's nothing at the end of the credits, uh, so you don't have to watch. You can just like click over to the click next. Click over next episode. Keep binging, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're all out now. Okay. Yeah. That Very sounds good. like fun. It's really fun. Yeah. I think that was a nice little find. Right on. Well, so what's a... um, what's on your list, Chris? Uh, top of my list is Intrusion on Netflix. Mm-hmm. No, I am kidding. That is a terrible movie and nobody should watch it. <laughs> it my, heart, my heart just broke a little bit. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help that. Um, no, you know what? I um, I binged a series yesterday um, called Ganglands. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up. Great. Okay. Yeah, it's um, it's a French slash Belgian um, crime drama that is based off of some characters from a movie from several years ago by from the creator. Um, from the same I had name? seen. Uh, yeah. Well. Not in English. Right, it yeah. translates different in English, but it was basically the same word in, um, in. well, I'm not sure if it's French oh, it's or French? Flemish. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, it, the series is kind of a mixed bag for me, but I think if you, if you enjoy, uh, oh gosh, uh, Snabacash or Snabacash, it was, a uh, um, yeah. you know, that's a movie series and then a, then a, a series also, um, and Gangs of London, this is a light mix of those. Now, I still think that if you don't go in thinking Gangs of London, that is yeah, a brilliant show. That's an incredible show. <laughs> Just, oh my goodness, I, I love, love, love that. Um, but this one, it it's, um, I was surprised by the amount of fun I had with it and how invested in the characters I got, despite all of the conveniences and the um, the coincidences that you have to accept that go in to this story that's being told. 
I mean, it mm-hmm. really is like Alexander in the very horrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Yeah, that, great title. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, but it, um, it, you know, you have these characters who then, uh, because of because of a decision they make, um, it causes turmoil, and they, the, you know, they get in trouble with another group. And so somebody has to come in to help them get out of that. But in the course of that, more dominoes fall. And now the people that came in to help are caught up in the turmoil as well. And there's new turmoil. And then you have, you know, family from over here and bad guy from over here who are infighting and having their own drama. And the they're not innocent bystanders by any means. They 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 got themselves involved in this, but now they're tied up in the entire thing as well. Um, and I, I think it, it grew on me the more I watched. Um, you know, I enjoyed, I enjoyed some of the action. I think it was, some of the action was done really well. Uh, the thing that shocked me, I think the most is how they were willing to kill off some characters that, okay. that, that was, I was like, no, you're not going to, well, Oh, <laughs> you did. And then you let, you know, you're left wondering where are you going to go from here? Um, I'm not, there was a point where I thought this, the show was ending and then it continued on. So mm. it's it, like, I enjoy, you know, o- overall I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it, but it's not something that I'm like, you know, break down the walls to, to binge again. But that mm. being said, I'm also, I'm on board for a second season. I want okay. to see, you know, more of this because the characters are flawed, like to such a degree that I, I want to watch more of them and I want to see what else happens with them. Um, I hope though that it doesn't become, you know, if they do a second season that it's not the same, just massive set of coincidences that they go in that let's just, you know, maybe either take them off on a different story arc or I don't know. I don't know exactly what I expect, but, um, it did, it did surprise me to a degree. So if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix It's six episodes, like 45 minutes each. Um, you know, definitely bingeable. Uh, I would say good for a casual watch, but if you're not a Flemish or French native speaker, then it's not that casual because you have to you have to pay attention to the subtitles. I did not turn on the dubbing to see how that was, but I'm pretty anti dubbing anyway, so um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure it would be um, it would be very good. So, so I watched uh, the first episode and a half this morning, uh, so I haven't finished it. But I have to say, I was hooked on episode one. I was into the characters. I was emotionally engaged with the characters, even though they were making stupid decisions. Like I felt there's one group of characters that are professional and I was like, dang, they know what they're doing. And there's another group of younger, not so professional that dang, they don't know what they're doing. And then, like you said, there's like coincidences to continue the story, even in the first episode. Mm -hmm. So there's a moment that basically messes them up because a character leaves something behind at a scene. I was just like, really? That's the thing that's going to get you in trouble? I know you're bad at what you're doing right now, but it's really... (laughs) Um, And it's so obvious. It's so obvious. Yeah. Yeah, Like, ah, we know where that's going to end up. 
But I really like some of the characters. One of the main protagonists, who is the leader of this really professional group, mm-hmm. um, who is tormented by a thing that he's done in his past or, or been a part of. And like, I really like that. You see, and, and the family like just doesn't like him. But now the family has to incorporate him because their worlds have collided. And you see how, you know, people not normally in those worlds are incorporated into that. And you're like, oh, but you just got to do what you got to do to protect your family, man. So that all, all of your morals are suddenly out of the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do what you got to do. I want my family protected. But doing very well not to do spoilers here. Um, <laughs> and then there were characters I just liked. I knew they were going to get themselves into trouble. I knew that they were just like, you're going to make bad decisions, but I really like you. I like, like, and yeah, I'm probably going to die for sure. But I was surprised at how much I enjoyed what I've seen of it. Uh, does it finish on a cliffhanger then, considering you were saying that it might have a second season? It, was it a contained story, but they leave a little bit? It, it's not a cliffhanger, uh, but it, I don't feel that it's resolved. Right. Like, okay. you, you know, that it, um, it was, it, honestly, it, like, I want them to have a second season fairly quickly mm. because I want to continue the momentum that was being built. Um, they did do a whole fade to black screen. And then, you know, several months later, um, you, that's how they end the, the series or the season. But, um, there's, there's a lot of story potential there and things are not wrapped up. I mean, you have, you have some, um, you have some closure to certain things, but the majority is still, is still wide open, I think. Mm. Okay. Well, um, I watched Doom Patrol season three. Uh, Warner Brothers sent me the, the first half. So the first five episodes, um, I believe the first three episodes dropped on HBO Max. It wasn't an original on HBO Max, but, you know, just like HBO's buying everything and under that Warner and umbrella, it's there now. One of the things that people love about this series, even though it's DC, it makes Suicide Squad look like the tamest thing that you've seen ever because it, it's so bonkers. It's so in your face. It, it'll have full-on nudity when it wants to. It'll have full-on swearing, like, nonstop when it wants to. It'll have the goriest gore when it wants to. And the storyline is never simple. It is bonkers. And and I think that's kind of what people expected from these very, very broken people. Mm-hmm. So the arc has always been a thing that it is, it stays at the background. So you have an arc, and it's very interesting, but it's always been about how messed up the characters are. They have real family brokenness, and it's that, that those family adventures that are already a big part of the arc the arc so there's one character that has um a, a place called the underground and she has multiple personalities and in the underground they all live there in various different stations different carts and they're always fighting for who's going to be the personality that's going to be on top but as part of that some of them have different powers uh and so that's where it comes into play you have brendan fraser who's possibly done the best role he's ever done in a tin can so it's basically voice work and robotic movements but he's incredible like this season i was just in love with his character is unashamedly just that character that will swear a lot and be pissed off at the world 
but knows that he's wrong. It's that sort of that sort of character. You have daughter father relationship that is, that is like heightened to the max level, like as a big core part of the storyline. But again, we're just we're just going for the brokenness of the family. It reflects in this series. You see what good superheroes are meant to look like um, as a reflection to them as them. They're meant to be Doom Patrol, but they're anything but. Like, they're just broken. You don't know that if they get a mission, it's because the world's ending, but, you know, they may make it worse, um, a lot worse. And then they probably caused the thing that's happening. You know, it's that sort of storyline. <laughs> um, minor spoiler, just so I can tantalize you to make sure that you need to watch this. There is a scene, so if you haven't watched this yet, I'm, I'm talking... It's spoiler in a specific episode now, just for it. Okay, there's a scene. I'm setting the scene for you in a barn. Uh, they're meeting a character um, who has caught someone else. So it's like an exchange sort of thing. The Doom Patrol go into this. There's a new character that we think is the leader or an enemy of the Doom Patrol. But she has arrived. She's one of the characters from uh, Doctor Who. She was like a bad bad guy character oh. the master or something she's an incredible actress um so it's really funny because you think she's really bad but she doesn't know because she can't remember she's a time traveler um, oh. <laughs> it, so she's just there trying to figure out what's going on anyway there's one guy that they come to meet says oh but let me show you why you're really here basically he turns around pulls down his trousers and his butt becomes a mouth with many many jagged teeth and then he tilts his butt to the sky and howls at the sun because there's no moon. And what happens is he calls a horde of other butt wolves to come and attack them. And so you have a fight with uh, Crowley from Supernatural, because he's one of the characters there, with his flaming sword, Tin Man smashing and squishing butts. Uh, it's just all out crazy, amazing action sequences, but they're basically fighting teeth, butts, wolf, dog things. That is Doom Patrol in a nutshell. If that doesn't entice you to see it, oh my gosh, that is the visual that I have painted in my head is absurd. It's, it's fantastic. And, yeah. <laughs> you have to watch the show. It's so good. <laughs> I, I started to watch it when it was on DC Universe. And so I think I've watched like the first half of season one or maybe the majority of season one um, and then just fell off. Yeah, because so there's so to, much to watch all the time. Yeah, but. yeah, I'll have to I'll have to hop on because they're all on HBO Max now. Yeah, and um and binge binge that yeah. well. <clears throat> you might need to watch something normal afterwards, <laughs> something really drab. <laughs> well, I do remember the randomness of it, and that was one of the part of the appeal for the show itself is that it um it took itself seriously, but not seriously enough. And yeah. so you could have, you know, they could have a lot of fun with the scenarios and the situations that they put their characters in. Um, yeah. They could create some real peril, but also there's still that absurdity that is, is going it's up all about how, within there. It's like self-reflection, how they learn to grow up. But in that self-reflection, the situation then that they find themselves in is in somebody's mind that is made up of clowns. You know, it's just bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, All right. So, what else have you got on your? Um, <clears throat> this uh, it came out in theaters and it um, 
and then it was on Netflix. I think it premiered at TIFF this week, and it surprised me. Now, it's not getting, um, it wasn't getting as great reviews um, from a lot of people, but I think you saw it, uh, The Starling, with yeah. Melissa McCarthy and Chris O'Dowd, and um, it surprised me, really. I mean, it was, um, we've talked about this before with Melissa McCarthy, just um, when she goes into these dramatic roles, that she still is able to do some comedy, but mm. she was, I mean, she was broken and she was grieving in this. And the sad, the story itself is just sad that you have her and Chris O'Dowd as a couple who have um, suffered a great loss in their life. Mm. And they're both dealing with grief in their own way. And they're on separate journeys. And you hope that at some point they're going to find their way back to each other. Um, so you have Chris O'Dowd who's just uh he's taking he's finding refuge and trying to get help inside a mental facility where he can you know talk to talk to patients or at least just get meds you know sit in group um and there are some powerful moments with him dealing with some of his grief as he um you know like he they're outside during this one family day or something like that and he uh incredible scene yeah it was it was heartbreaking he 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 takes part to play with some kids that had invited him to play in this, but he takes it over and mm. he just, you know, and you see in this moment, all of this grief and this anger and everything building up within, and he's not taking it out necessarily on the kids, but it's just, it's bubbling over and it's scaring people and everything. It just, it was really good. And you have a great performance that, that moment. Yeah. It, um, Kevin Klein, is in this also as a former psychologist turned veterinarian and just he he's dryly funny which i think he always is and that's just his delivery he he and melissa mccarthy their interactions worked really well um you know it was touching there was wisdom imparted uh and some humor and so just yeah the whole thing um I, it's not a perfect movie uh, I think the CGI of the some of the bird, because um, he has the the reason for the starling is it's a it's a, we find out it's a territorial bird and it has made its nest in Melissa McCarthy's yard and so anytime she goes out there it attacks her it's and not having any of it yeah yeah no no it it it, it makes for some funny moments in there um, you know and I and I think the levity is needed to break up a little bit of the the sadness. That is permeating, but it also that provides the moments for Melissa McCarthy's character to grow mm -hmm. and to to work through some of her her own grief, her own anger, her own issues, um, especially when she has that interaction with the bird at one moment and it, her action does not lead to what well she meant it and she didn't all at the exact same time. And so she had this instant moment of regret mm -hmm. and just it, you know, we watched that progression of her then having to, having to deal with the aftermath and, and working through that, which then is really mirroring and really facilitating her own growth and her own, um, her own reconciliation with her own grief. Yeah. Um, the Kevin Klein character, I really wanted mm -hmm. to know more about because I felt like they, they had touched on his brokenness as well. Um, there's a reason why he's a veterinarian and went from being, you know, a psychologist or, or working with people to working with animals. And you see his massive reluctance to even wanting to work with Melissa Garth's character. Um, 
And so you kind of want to know because he's as broken as these other two people. And so in a, in a way, they're all learning and going on a journey themselves. Um, and I've heard a few reviewers use that as a criticism. It's like, oh, this is so obvious. This is a, a learning thing. Oh, what's this person going to learn now? Oh, what's this person going to learn now? As a, like there's a, there's a uh, Mark Kermode who's very well respected here oh, in, yeah. in the UK. And he really didn't like this film. Like he thought it was one of the worst films of he's seen this year. And so that takes me back because I was, I thought it had a, a good amount of emotional impact. I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, it's the best film I've seen this year. It's not by a long shot. No. But it's definitely one of the best performances I've seen from Melissa McCarthy. Mm-hmm. And it has a lot to say. I think that some people, I imagine that some people that have gone through this sort of loss will really uh, take to heart and, and might even help because it's, it's a real thing, you know, losing mm-hmm anyone um and the way that people react is so different so it might give people just the knowledge of yeah it's okay for me to act like this because that's how my body's dealing with it her husband needs medication you know he needs to be surrounded by people and help she needs to be alone and and, in her mind and deal with the stress that way and so i think it shows it shines a light at how we all deal with grief and I thought that was beautiful. I thought that was really quite powerful. So that's the message you get from it. I'm all for it. Like, yeah, Melissa, do more of those. Absolutely. Um, and she's perfect in uh, Nine Perfect Strangers, right? <sighs> so good. Yes. Yes, yeah. she is so great in that show. Oh, man. Um, so right. what I had last uh, was Foundation. I know I've been hinting at this for a few weeks. Uh, and the response has been mixed. Um, really? The first two episodes dropped. It feels like it should have been a feature. So maybe they shouldn't have split the two episodes up. They're over an hour long each. And it feels like you could have just done, here's a feature. And now we're going to do weekly. And so that's what's going to happen. They're doing weekly episodes from now on until it finishes. Uh, I would say that I can understand that some people might say this is boring because it's very slow, monologue heavy. But visually, I just thought, yeah, it's it's on par with some of the sets that you get on Game of Thrones and June. Um, it's that kind of epic. The world they're creating is vast. Uh, make sure you don't get the title wrong because I said foundations with an S instead of foundation. And some people really didn't like that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, don't get Isaac Asmanov. Asmanov's name wrong either. <laughs> Man alive. The internet uh, is waiting for you <laughs> to make to a correct. mistake. <laughs> yes. Like uh, what you call Nazi grammar police. Uh, yeah (laughs) my friends always pick me up on that one it's there not there they're over here there (laughs) yes uh, i think it's loosely based on the novels of foundation by isaac asmanov um but at the same time there are some incredible performances that really lend themselves to the science fiction world building that uh these episodes do so the first few episodes even though the first episode has quite a bit of action so I'm not quite sure there, but the second episode is very world building. Third and fourth again is it's does that kind of Witcher thing where um, I better not say Harry Potter. Someone didn't like that either. Um, where it jumps around in time. Um, okay. okay. And that can be hard to follow, but I think it's very clear in this series, like which time frame and which characters you're following. But bearing that in mind, you're following a lot of characters, but the, by, by the time you get to episode five, it's, it's very much, okay, now we've built this world. You understand some of the rules. 
the houses, what they belong to, who's doing what. You probably like some of the, the characters now that you didn't really like at the beginning because you thought they were just evil. It's like the royalty family at the beginning. I really didn't like it. was like, oh, these guys just suck. But by the time you get to episode five, you kind of see why they suck. And so you feel for them. And then you, you think you know who the protagonists are or the good guys are. And it kind of switches that up as well. So episode five, you've got a bunch of questions. And then it kind of gets more into the arc, moves forward from like halfway through. And I was just like, yeah, man, this is this is great. This is really fun. If you like big Odyssey um, epic sci-fi, this, was, this should be your jam. It should be on your list. It's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And it's incredibly hard to take a work that's this complex and uh, make something coherent out of it. I think they've done a fairly good job. Right on. Well, do you do you think that the series itself might be better served if like people waited until maybe episode five was out so that they could then binge? So because because, you know, you had because you got to review it early, you yeah. got the opportunity to see it not play out week by week. And yeah, no, sometimes. I agree. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, sometimes it shows they do take a while to grow on you. Um but I think sometimes the, the downside of the weekly part of that is that if you haven't gotten to maybe a meat part of it, mm. um, you know, and you expect me to watch over several weeks, I may wane or fall off because I just, I don't know why I'm watching, you know, I'm intrigued by it. It doesn't mean I don't like it, but it's hard to go back to. And I think, yeah, this no, sounds absolutely. like, a okay. I kind of wish this was a Netflix original because you could, binge watch it you know two or three nights you'll be done i would say you feel like it's really long and maybe you those first two episodes you're like wow i'm not gonna be able to watch all of this in one go uh, but then the, the third episode drops back down to 45 minutes it's kind of standard okay. run time um and you just kind of fly through the episodes well i did so obviously my cup of tea um i've changed my rating system from letters to how many nicholas cages do you do you get so um no that's a thing so i think i gave it four nicholas cages out of five well nicholas cage from what movie yeah well this is the thing the rating system is terrible mental at one and uh leaving las vegas at five <laughs> okay <laughs> so you, you face off in three i don't know oh the face off is brilliant i love, love it face off yeah. Oh, oh goodness. All right. Well, we're, we're coming up to, um, long. So let mm -hmm. me, I, I'm going to hit one last thing really quickly. And this is on, I, th I seem to, th I think we have a theme going, um, through this where, um, we find some terrible stuff that, that you may or may not want to <laughs> oh, watch. Oh no, what have you and, watched? <laughs> oh goodness. Okay. So my daughter-in-law turned me on to this. Um, it's called House of Anubis, and it's playing on Paramount+. Plus. It's an actual Nickelodeon show from 2011, and um, it has the same production values as Land of the Lost from the mid-'70s. Nice. Um, the camera work looks like this. And it was funny because my daughter-in-law was like, this is atrocious. Do not watch this. This is going to be right like, up your alley. <laughs> you know, no, no. She knows she knows me so well, and she's like, "You're going to love this." And I'm like, "Sweet, I can't wait." And um, oh my gosh, it's terrible. It's like a um, oh goodness. It, it, the bad thing about the show is that it believes it's good. 
I oh, sat no, down really? Just, it takes yeah, itself oh, seriously. Oh, it takes itself so seriously. And it oh, is, it is, a, it is a chore to watch. And the bad thing is that the episodes are like 40-ish minutes long. Seriously? And... Oh yeah, no, it is. It's way too long. Oh, is it like a Harry Potter sort of thing? It's kind of like a Harry Potter. They make Harry Potter jokes. They make Twilight jokes. Oh, um, you have this. Basically, what it is is this American girl goes over to uh, the UK for a boarding school ish type of thing, and she the house that she's in is called House of Anubis, and there is all kinds of drama within the house that I don't totally understand yet, um, and there are mysteries hidden within the house that they have to kind of uncover, which they might then get treasure. Yes. Ish. So now that you've started watching it, are you going to watch all 146 episodes of it? I am not. (laughs) Did you know that there were that many? (laughs) I, I, what is wrong with people? What? No, I am not. Oh my goodness! 146 episodes. That is, well, because it was only like what it was only like three years, wasn't it? That's a lot of episodes. That's a lot. That is that is uh, no, no. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. uh, This is one that I will not finish. Do that because from 2011 to 2013. Yeah, I don't know how many episodes did they do. That's incredible. Okay. Yeah. It. It. This is not one. I mean, if you have Paramount Plus and you're looking for like the worst of the worst teen soap operas and you want a good laugh, but but painful to get that laugh, um, you can watch it. I mean, just check out the first 10 minutes and it is you'll you'll look at this. And I mean, from the, the way the camera moves to the camera quality to just just everything the set design the way that the characters interact the dialogue the dialogue delivery i mean it is a train wreck from the moment it begins and the way that the characters deliver their lines they fully believe it they they are they are invested so kudos to them for getting in this but it is just ah oh, not good <laughs> yeah no no <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm just scrolling through um, season two, and there are 45 episodes in season two. So oh my goodness, that, that is... gives you an idea. That's too many, and that's it's just not good. 45 too many. <laughs> yeah, 45 too many. Yeah, no, don't. It, it, yeah, no. Anyway, that's... Um... <laughs> okay, wow. So what are you looking forward to? Uh, this week, we've got some 007 um venom um the chestnut man on netflix which i'm yeah, that's, really looking forward i have to say to. that's higher than like venom and um bond for me for it, some strange reason i'm really excited about it it is high it, it, it's me too me too yeah. um and then the guilty which i am i'm hesitant on this uh this is the mm. jake gyllenhaal yeah. one that is the remake of the 2018 danish film yes. um and so next week, I think we'll be able to to talk about this because it. Um, I want it to be good. Mm. Um, I just I'm curious if it will be, especially will knowing be. how good the original was. Yeah. Um, I've got some anime I'm very excited about coming this week, including the ones you've said. There is no one gets out alive. I think. 
which looks interesting. That's not anime, just a oh, horror yes, film. That horror, yes. Yeah. Uh, but Bucky Summer, I think I mentioned that this boxing one that's just balls out, uh, I'm going to kick the crap out of you, um, anime. And then there's the completion. The completion? That's not a word. Completion to the Seven Deadly Sins um, cool. anime. It's, it's the film that's finally going to complete the sixth series. I think fans are really excited about that. We had the last few episodes of the final episode seasons drop this week. Um, and then they're going to finish the story. Uh, hopefully, I don't know that you can finish anime very well. It's very hard to do to wrap mm. everything up. But maybe they'll put the characters in a place where it's satisfying enough. Uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> I don't know that it's quite possible. <laughs> we will see. Uh, and I, I don't know if you've ever watched... Um, well, you must have. There is a South African director who wanted to direct an Aliens movie, never got to, um, but does sci-fi films. Uh, mm-hmm. Neil Blum- Blumkamp. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you, have you heard of him? He does. I, I I think I've heard of him. Yeah. 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 He did District uh, Nine. Um, Elysium. Elysium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Netflix is. I presume it probably is UK and US bringing out Oat Studios. Um, oh, yes. Season one. They're putting that on the platform. Um, I'm excited. I've seen it already because it's all on YouTube. Um, okay. May, maybe they're taking it off and they've got their the rights to it. But I'm excited for more people to see it because the more people that see his work means that we have a chance of getting more work from him, which means or we might finally get a sequel to District nine because they left that on massive cliffhanger Hmm. or that we might finally see him do an aliens movie now if you go and watch oat studios they're they're shorts some of them are 45 minutes long some of them are two minutes long but they are so creative and they did it with such a small budget you'll be blown away with what they small guys in the warehouse probably like six to ten man team max and what they create is incredible they had people on there like sigourney weaver and uh, doing some of the the shorts like a-listers that just want to be involved with him because they um know what he can do um, nice. he did some of he did some stuff like on steam he put a whole bunch of the back-end creative stuff for you to buy for free like at a really low mm. cost so some of the stuff the um the blender um mechanics of how he made his characters move um so if you want to try and take some of the, some of that stuff and work with it, he did that creatively. He's just trying to allow people the, the freedom and space to be able to use his stuff, which I think is great. Um, that is. It helps that he's South African. So maybe a little bit biased towards him that way. But yeah. So I'm looking forward to all of that. So welcome to the extended edition of The Best Thing We Watched This Week, the exclusive podcast audio. Uh, Maybe, I don't know how long we're going to go this time. I only have a few things to talk about or maybe one or two. Um, Hit on some news. Uh, Ruben, I know you have some some news as well. Why don't you uh, kick us off? Okay, cool. Um, If you are an avid game player like myself and you have all the consoles, one of them that you probably have is the Switch. And um, this week, uh, Nintendo did a live kind of showcase of the games that they have coming up, uh, which I was like, oh, this is cool. And some of them were like, yeah, that's not for me. <laughs> but in, in true, in tr- 
like this is just Nintendo doing whatever the hell they like. They 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 set the <laughs> rules because they're consoles. So they they just came out with, hey, by the way, we're doing a Super Mario movie, and uh, we're doing it. With, it's animated movie, but we're doing it with the illumination, so that it's not small budget. And then they released the cast. Okay, so we got Anna Taylor Joy as Princess Peach, which is like okay, damn. Then you got Chris Pratt as Mario, which is, I think, the one that I have the most issues with because I love Chris Pratt. I just don't know yes. him as the voice. Like, my mind doesn't go there. Uh, Jack Black as Bowser, which I think is genius. Like, right? <laughs> I think, yeah, okay, cool. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. I know he doesn't have a huge part in it, but I can hear the laugh from Donkey. It's going to be great. Uh, Keegan-Michael Kay as Toad. I think he's going to be pretty funny, as well as uh, Charlie Day's Luigi. Again, bring on the funny. You got Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. So I guess there's two versions. Um, <laughs> a couple of others. There's Charles. Mon- uh, how do you pronounce his surname? Charles Montanet, who's the original voice um, voice actor for like the the, the games. So that he's obviously mm. going to have some some input there and have some secret characters that they're not quite telling us who he's playing yet uh yeah so there's that <sighs> yeah D- did we need a mario movie did we <laughs> we're getting it <laughs> we are and i agree you know what i love chris pratt um i think he is he is funny he is great uh, he's done voice work with uh, the Lego movies. Yep. And he's also, he did um, the Disney movie that was fantastic. Ugh. With brother and brother trying to find their father. Oh, oh Onward. Yeah. Onward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. So I'm not, it's not, I'm not doubting his ability at voice work and crafting characters. But I, I hear, I hear Mario's voice in my head. Now, it may not be the right Mario. Mario voice that I hear, but yeah, that's what I hear. And I don't I don't see Chris Pratt doing that. He has a slightly deeper voice, more of that baritone even, um, mm. you know, and maybe a little bit of raspiness to it. And I don't... But I mean, they it, must have... It can't be just a name. It must be come an audition for us. And then he pulled something out of the bag and they went, oh, you can do Mario. That's got to be it, right? Fingers crossed. I don't know. <laughs> well, and doesn't doesn't it come out this year? Doesn't the movie come uh, out? No, like... I think it's 2022. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, on the poster it says 22. 22. Okay. All right. I thought maybe this had been a, you know what we've a, been a doing this in secret. And, yeah, that would be so yeah. crazy. <laughs> oh. Now, I, okay, this is not movie related, but I thought you were going to talk about because I, I own a Switch. I'm not a massive gamer. We have a lot of consoles, but I'm also, I've collected them over the years and right. my boys play games and um, now I'm saving all of the consoles for future potential grandchildren. Right, um, okay. But I do have a Switch and my favorite part of the Switch is the emulators on that, which right, is, yeah. you know, yeah, so yeah, I have the, you know, the NES Sega. and the SNES. Yeah. yeah. They announced also this this week that they are bringing N64 and Sega Genesis games as emulators to to the Switch. Now, I am, like, beyond stoked for this. They're, it's a new... They're raising their price 
because you have to be part of their online uh, yeah, um, family plan or whatever. Yeah, and so you have to get it's like a it's a premium type of thing, which I will pay for because <laughs> I'm just excited for some of the games that are in there. The, I mean, I think 64 was just spectacular, but we're getting um, I think we're getting like Star Fox 64. There's um, uh, some real classics. Yeah, there Mario Kart. Um, I don't know if Donkey Kong Country was in this first round. If that was. Um, but just you know, and then even with uh, with Sega Genesis, some of the some of the cool games that are on there, um, and I have a, a Sega Genesis still that works, and so it's um, it'll be fun. I don't know. I, I just it was funny because I thought that's where you're going, and then you, you <laughs> <laughs> went movie wise, and then which makes a whole lot more sense for for what we do. But <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Did they give a time for the Mario movie? Did they give a uh, like a date or is it just no, like it's just twenty twenty two? So I presume okay. it's gonna. I think they gave. No, I think they did. They December, uh, so late. Oh, late. In, okay. Late, late, late. Yeah. Okay. All like right. uh, expected December twenty first. So a Christmas okay. movie. Yes, they're going for the awards season. Also, they want to make sure that they they get in there under the Oscars and the. Um... <laughs> so let's <laughs> let's be honest. It doesn't have a very high bar to reach. The Super Mario Bros. <laughs> brothers movie has set the bench bar pretty low pretty low yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just needs to kind of make sense and they'll be better yeah. yeah and i think with the characters i mean the voice actors are all like outstanding and so i really do think that they 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 can craft characters hopefully that i think the biggest issue will be you know we we can enjoy them, but I'm I'm just curious: Are they going to be the voices that we have in our heads for you know what we've heard, you know, through the well, video I, games I, or whatever? I, I can only presume because there was a massive cry out when Sonic was wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and because of that, they rechanged him, and he looked great afterwards. Yeah, I think the film was okay. I think Jim Carrey was the best thing about the film. Um, I, I love his overacting as Doctor Eggman; it's, it's yes. fantastic. And I'm really excited to see him come back in because it obviously did well enough to warrant a sequel. You know, they're mm-hmm. busy filming that, and so we'll get that. So I think, like with the Marvel films, we're going to see a whole bunch of Nintendo IPs become features. Um, fingers crossed for uh, Metroid Prime. It could possibly do a great film with that. Who? Now, who would you who would you want to play Samus? Anna Taylor Joy. She'd be great. <laughs> we need someone that could do a Sigourney Weaver S that can bring intensity. Because Samus is intense, right? Yo, totally. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I yeah. Who who would you? Huh? I don't. Go well, see. I asked the question because yeah. I didn't have an answer. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah, I would. I do like the Anya Taylor Joy idea um, because of that intensity. Yes. Um, could she do the action? Well, she was an X-Men, right? Yeah, I mean, I think these days we don't know. Like with Kate, although I didn't think it was brilliant, I would never have expected her to be that action superhero. Th- that's true. She basically was. Um, yeah. I think they just need to be given the chance, really. Y- yeah, that freedom and the, the trust and then and some good direction to, mm. to really capture. But yeah, I, I, that would be fun. I would... Maybe we will start to get some really good video game movies. Yeah, hopefully. You know, it does seem seem to be 
we're finally heading that way. It looks like we're going to get a good video game TV series uh, from HBO. Because um, obviously they're developing uh, who's the lead in that. So we had the second game from Naughty Dog. Um, ugh, I'm trying to think of his name. He's uh, Pedro Pascal. Oh, um, The Last of Us. The Last of Us, yeah. Yes. And, I mean, obviously, he's gold at the moment because he was amazing in The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, he was great. I loved him in um, in Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, that film got so slated, didn't it? It, it did, but he was he was cheesily brilliant. I mean, he was cheesy in that, for sure. Uh, he's great in Game of Thrones, Mandalorian. And um, I thought he was all right in The Kingsman, actually. Uh, although he wasn't in it for long. But it was great. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we I, actually, I was. We were talking. I was talking with my son yesterday uh, about Last of Us and okay. um, just what, um, like he really loves the video game and he was telling me about the game, you know, and just saying how great the story itself was. The story's incredible. They had, yeah. they had crafted this story and then you know made the gameplay after that basically, and so it. My, I'm curious. Can that can it be captured in a in a good way on a film level? You know what I mean? It because it seems I mean it's post apocalyptic ish. You know, it's almost like um, the road. And so I don't know how how many times can you watch your characters um, go? You know, they make some travels. They have to accomplish a, a set of goals, survive the night, and then do it again the next day. You know, it. I mean, if it. I could see them doing a movie, like a one-off, where mm-hmm. you got to survive the night, avoid these weird creature zombie-esque versions and, and the plague and the mask with the air, you know, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, stretching it out into a series does have me worried because you only really get that intensity and that story because you are the character. So you get to feel it. You control it. So when the story and the writing is already that good in a game, how on earth are you going to make it that good in a TV series, especially when you're not getting the same voice actors to play the actors themselves. I like Pedro Pascal, but the voice actors for The Last of Us are incredible. They're at the top of their game, and they're also actors. They did motion cap. They're great mm-hmm. at it. They would know it. Like, I guarantee you they would have said, yes, give us less of a pay uh, budget. We'll totally do this. And I would have loved to have seen... Yeah, I do love Pedro Pascal, but I would have loved to have seen their version of like, okay, you let, let's explore these characters a little bit more. We already know everything. Maybe we can tell the story on the side, like the stories we didn't get to tell uh, that you don't quite see in the game. Uh, a bit more of the monologues because that would be boring to watch. The stuff that you can't really do in-game is probably where they need to lean into. Hmm. Uh, but that might upset fans because they'll be like, but we wanted to see this. It's like, my view on 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 games versus tv series that are of the same law is you kind of need to do your own thing because they don't work the same agreed agreed well <laughs> and you you think too like what you would said the um in the video game you're invested at a different level because mm-hmm. you're an active participant in what's going on mm-hmm. when we watch the show we are only the observer i mean we can feel immersed in it but we're still not directing movements and decisions like you would in the game. And so I wonder, 
I wonder how they're going to tackle that, how they're going to yeah. overcome that and make it so that it it retains the intensity and the emotion and yet still allows us to be the observers in that. Yeah, the illusion of choice is what makes the game mm. so great. So um, you, you're basically choosing whether you the guy in front of you where you can allow to live. Uh, but eventually your path will lead you to the same point where the, the narrative wants you to go. Mm-hmm. But you feel like you've made all those decisions. So when you lose a, a character or you have to beat someone to death viciously to save the person that you love, like you're like, I don't want to do this. I feel wrong. But, you know, I don't know how you're going to get that to come across to you in the same way. Mm-hmm in the tv show so yeah i am i'm a little worried about that one yeah it's a little bit different from you know street fighter movie to yeah. uh, game <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh but there is an injustice movie coming out based on the game and really that could be really good because the stories were great but it's weird because it's not live action it's, it's again animated but we already got an animated story in the game like this the cg animations are fantastic and the story is really great so it does make me let me just check that i'm i'm double checking that i am correct yeah injustice 2021 the movie there's a trailer for it it's got again you know they don't spare on the voice voices a lot of people that do voice work but we've got all their favorite characters and a weird one plastic man is there i don't think i know plastic man but we've got ray shuggle damien uh, captain atom catwoman green arrow wonder woman mirror master superman joker lois lane harley quinn lois lane interesting uh <laughs> i think the injustice storyline have you played any of the injustice no i've seen my kids play it it's like superman going bad because he lo- he loses lois so then you have these two versions of Justice League, um, one good, one bad. And, you know, mm. the last thing you want to do is fight Superman. So it kind of yeah. takes that premise. Um, but, yeah, again, we already have the story in Injustice. Weird decision. That is it. Yeah, that's odd. Hmm. Yeah. What news did you have? Um, were you a fan of the Netflix series Hit and Run? That was that uh, Israeli slash American uh, show. Yeah. came out just, just a month or two ago. Yes, kind of, kind of. I I, I may have enjoyed it more than you. Uh, It's canceled. Um, Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. They I mean, the the story was not done. It was kind of left on a cliffhanger. No, it really Um, wasn't done. Yeah. So I'm I'm bummed about that. Like, I I enjoy the the main character, the main actor, um, who's also the creator, uh, Lior Raz, because he he's also in Fauda. He's one of the creators of that. Yes. Yeah. and so I, I understand the decision. I know that it the that show was not met with as much um, fervor and thrill as like Fauda has been. I think it was an interesting concept. I think in my review I said um, I was really looking forward to one com- what comes next. That's the story I wanted to see. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah because they spent a lot of time. It's unraveling it. You know, we get to. Mm-hmm we we find out that his wife was not who he thought she was mm. you know and so he's it becomes this political um completely I hate it when they do that I, yeah well and i don't understand i 
it what baffles me i think the most is the the seemingly no rhyme or reason for what is greenlit or continued on and what is canceled you know um i think back to at the beginning of 2020 there was a series that came out on netflix it was netflix again that uh called messiah yeah that's an incredible series so good it was i was blown away by it and i was just so intrigued by it and then they cancel it it was also so popular everybody loved it that was the thing that that baffled me the most is that this wasn't one that was panned by audiences this was like hey we love this and then to say no we're not doing it oh oh, i don't understand that decision you know and then you have other series that don't necessarily resonate as well that continue on and another life i that wasn't well liked by critics at all and that second season comes in two weeks oh is that the one with katie sackoff yeah okay yeah i I, I love her in battlestar galactica but yeah that was one that i just really didn't think would ever get a second season yeah it, it i don't i and i don't know what the decision making rationale is for some of these um but it bums me out when there's a show that i enjoy um, yeah. or at least one that i was invested that i was becoming invested in you know and it where else are we going with this well you'll never know um but i mean this is a good discussion for us to have it's a conversation that uh, my wife and i often have is that people are very wary now of being invested in a series when it first comes out. Um, I often hear people talk um, in the comments, family, saying, no, I'm not going to watch it. I'll wait until two or three seasons are out. In which case, it's working against the show already because people aren't watching it. But Mm -hmm. people aren't watching it because they're tired of investing themselves in characters that they really enjoy and then it gets cancelled. And so people don't want to do that anymore. There is a large majority of the population that now think that way. So they wait. And so a lot of these first seasons go, oh, people aren't watching because they don't like it. That's not necessarily true. You might have a core demographic already. You wait until it gains some traction. Give it two seasons at least, man. And then you know, that second season, the people are like, oh, they picked it up. I'm going to start watching it now. Obviously, they care about the, their IP enough. Agreed. Yeah, this is, I, I think you're right. This is a really good conversation because that's a great point that you, you shoot yourselves in the foot by, by canceling series, um, willy nilly, seemingly at least. And so it's hard for your audience to become hardcore invested in something because they're always, um, approaching it, you know, with some massive trepidation because it's just like, well, I, I liked this series x y and z and all of those were you know were canceled and so they never got resolutions i don't want to jump on board with this one even though it looks like something i really enjoy because i can't take that heartbreak anymore Mm. Um, i think back to uh the oa i don't know if you ever watched that incredible it's one of my top 10 shows of all time probably brilliant and the thing that i think the thing that is the most disappointing in that is that after that first season, it took like two years for them to get season two done. But yeah. Britt Marling wrote, I think, two through five. They they yeah. sat down and they completed the series ready, in writing. Yeah. So so you had this. And, and I understand that that didn't have necessarily massive wide appeal because it was kind of niche and it was very complex and it was deep. But I think we 
the the outcry from the fans, you know, I mean, the, the whole hashtag that was trending for quite a while of save the OA yeah. that yeah. It, it you that one I don't even understand because now you have you know that your series creators have the full vision for it. Maybe at the beginning they were even a little hesitant because they don't know, well, are we going to pick the, is, are you going to renew this? Cause we're spending, we don't want to spend all of this time developing an entire show that is going to go nowhere. You know, I don't. Hmm. Oh man. I, yeah, we loved, loved that. We were so blown away and intrigued at the same time with that yes. first season hit. And then my jaw like hit the floor i think it was episode three or four in season two when we finally met the octopus entity and i was that is genius i need to know more about that loved it and then every now and again in the kitchen i would go (laughs) just because i get a random image in my head going oh do you remember when and i was like yeah i remember when let's do it (laughs) So madness good. but so good oh man yeah so i don't know i would it would be interesting to be a fly on the wall in some of these board meetings or these mm. decision where the decision makers are meeting to say yes we go ahead with this one no we don't and what you know and more so to hear the rationale behind each of those to be like that why can i i'm gonna raise my hand here why what <laughs> <laughs> yeah. can i please please tell me yeah. Is it just because you don't like it? Because at least I have an answer then. Like, yeah. Fine. <laughs> fine. Exactly. So uh, I don't know. Well, and and you know, it, funny enough, coming out this this week, I think, or very soon on Netflix. Speaking of things that you're like, how did this get greenlit? There's this one. Um. Oh, who was the sidekick in uh, Hannah Montana? Um to Miley Cyrus, the girl. I, um, I can't say that I've ever watched that. So. Okay. Well, I don't remember her <laughs> name. Um, so anyway, she's got, a, she's got a series coming out on Netflix that um, my IQ dropped like 30% <laughs> by watching the trailer. Oh, my gosh. No. It is it, – it, uh, I don't know what demographic this is, this is written for. And if you're listening to this and you have been looking forward to this – I apologize profusely that I am insulting you, but this looks like absolute garbage. It looks mm-hmm. like it is just written. I mean, it is the the dialogue is the most unintelligible and most forced. And it's one of those that they put the um, you know the laugh track behind to try and manipulate a, a chuckle out of out of those that are watching. But it's just it looks it looks awful. And you you look at something when you think of take anything that has been canceled, you know, that had high production values. And then you get this, this terrible sitcom that, well, at least seemingly (laughs) terrible sitcom. And you're like, how, why did you, why did you choose to put money behind this? You know, it's an ensemble (laughs) cast. And so you're having to pay more, probably more people to do this. And it's, I don't know. Anyway. Talking about things that you don't know how got greenlit. uh, I'm very actually excited I'm not sure how it's going to work, but Escape the Undertaker interactive episode <laughs> on Netflix comes out on the 5th of October. And I'm very excited to play this episode. Like, what? 
Well, did you ever, did you, did you do the, um, black mirror bandersnatch? Yes. Um, interactive. Okay. Yes. A lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, 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 I did several of the scenarios trying to choose, you know, things trying to get where, where else will this go? What will this story do? Um, I'm, (laughs) (laughs) it's going to be bonkers. It is really silly, but how much fun, like if you like wrestling at all or interactive, choose your own adventures, it's, it's incorporates all of that. What's not to like? I think, yeah, I think it's going to be an experience. I'm not sure how much like longevity it would have or how much, you know, like I'll probably, I will watch it, make some of the decisions and maybe make them counter to what I would really like to make just yeah, to no, see what you, it does. You always want to see what happens. Like, yeah. How many times and, can I die? Yeah. Exactly. And just kind of see where, just how it goes a little bit. And then from there I'll be like, mm, okay, it was an experience. I've done it moving on, you know, and, and hopefully get some laughs or something out of it. But yeah, it's Cause the new pair girls one is pretty fun. It's, Oh, is it really? Yeah. He's lost his memory. So you have to help him. So he has the skills to survive, but, uh, you make those decisions for him. And, uh, Kirsten, I always play the game. Let's see, see how many times he, we can make bear girls die. And, uh, a lot, apparently. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Well, see, that's, a, <laughs> that's the dark I, I really version don't think I should. Manager. I really don't think I should eat this. Are you sure? Yes. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> eat it. Eat it. Eat, eat it, it now. Eat it. <laughs> uh, oh, goodness. Well, that that's all the news I have. That's all the, <laughs> the words I have also. Do you have any anything else? No, for... I'm, yeah, I'm done with my words. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, hey, thank you so much for tuning in to The Best Thing We Watched This Week, the extended edition Um you know, we hope that you're enjoying these. Um, you can always hit us up on Twitter, uh, search the Ruby Tuesday or movies munchies. And, um, we are sporadically on there. And so we'd love to begin conversations with you or continue conversations. Uh, you know, especially, Hey, if you have news, uh, some entertainment news or something, maybe even a topic that you would like us to cover in this bonus episode or this bonus audio portion, uh, that's separate from our YouTube part, just, uh, let us know. I think that would be fun to, to tackle something and to, you know, to be able to interact in that way. So we're, we're open to suggestions and, uh, you know, please reach out. Uh, aside from that, uh, you can check us out on YouTube. If you don't already, uh, Ruben with the Ruby Tuesday, and, uh, he's got all kinds of, spoiler free and spoiler ending explained uh (laughs) reviews covers a wide gamut of entertainment uh i'm chris with movies and munchies um i don't cover i think as much of a wide variety as you do uh you hit so much more anime also and you get Mm. into some of the animated um stuff more than i do and because you live in the uk you are able to access things when I am asleep. And so you're, <laughs> you, you get the jump on things and get, and, and also I, I found that, uh, sometimes things are released in different areas. Yeah. It's different weird. times. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, we will catch you on the next one. And don't forget coming up all month of October, we have our top five, uh, in horror that we'd love to share with you. So take care. We'll talk to you later. Bye.